This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Find Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and today we wanted to devote a whole show to Christmas in July because Christmas is really all about the wonderful spirit and shouldn't only happen in December, but all year round. It's about the spirit of joy, of giving back, and of being lit up from the inside out and illuminating others, too. So this entire show is a celebration of Christmas in July featuring our first guest, fashion Santa Paul Mason. We're also going to meet with actress Meg Ruffman all about the joy of Christmas in July and how it's felt very much in the eastern provinces out in Nova Scotia where she comes to us from in a live remote and as well singing us out of the show today will be talented singer-songwriter Megan Smith who will sing from her album Let It Snow. But first let me tell you a little bit more about our first guest, Viral Sensation, fashion Santa Paul Mason. So as an international model, Paul Mason has walked the runways of London, Paris, Tokyo, and New York for some very fancy designers such as Gianni Versace, Dior, Dolce & Cabana, and Armani. At the start of 2020, he helped to close Jean-Paul Gaultier's 50th anniversary and final couture show. And in 2014, Mason began a new chapter, creating the Fashion Santa character, which took the world by storm and became a viral phenomenon during the 2015 Christmas season. Over 88 hours of selfies were taken, imagine that, including one with fellow Canadian superstar Justin Bieber. And this was all to raise money for Sick Kids Hospital with the sensation continuing into the new year. Fashion Santa has worked with brands including Ritz-Carlton and Visa, Grand Marnier, Brookfield Properties, Indochino, Rogers, Hyundai, and Walter Caesar in recent years. As Fashion Santa, Paul has been able to travel globally with his appearances and partnerships, helping to support more than a dozen different charities, such as the Sick Kids Hospital Foundation, Terry Fox Foundation, and To Save a Child's Heart. Paul Mason, welcome to Find Your Bliss. Great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. What a great introduction. That's amazing. Thank you so much. It's so fascinating what you do. I love doing the research for this and studying all about what you do. And and I want to share this, of course, with our listeners. So what exactly, in your own words, is Fashion Santa, a role that you've successfully been playing for many years? Yeah, I think he represents a new way of looking at the wonderment of the holidays. And I think he doesn't compete with old St. Nick. I mean, that's impossible. Yes. <laughs> but he, it is a take. It's a new take on old St. Nick represents the tradition of toys and Christmas morning. And this guy, Fashion Santa, represents bringing more awareness to causes and charities and initiatives, sort of like a modern take, a 2.0, if you will. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's how I, I look at him pretty much that way. Yeah. That's awesome. Before we move into the full Fashion Santa trajectory, I'd love to go back to the work that you've really done your whole life as a very popular runway model for some of the oldest oat designers. <laughs> I mentioned some of them off the top, Janet Versace, Dior, Dolce & Gabbana, or Money. And before we talk about how you parlayed this into a whole other career, I want to pause here for a moment and ask you what it was really like being a runway model for some of the most impressive fashion houses on the planet. Did a lot of this take place in Italy or in New York? Can you just paint us a picture of that period in your life? Sure. I was much younger and full of energy and very much had a very tenacious and always wanted to travel, looking for adventure and was discovered in Toronto, had the opportunity to be placed in Milan, Paris, Tokyo, New York, and uh, just went with it. There is a circuit that happens that most of the, the, the boys kind of meet twice a year, fall and spring, to do the, the collections. And I was lucky enough to be part of that crew. So when you were speaking about Versace, I mean, it was so funny. I, used, I knew Johnny very well personally. 
And when I auditioned for him first, I have very bow legs. So he would call me the cowboy legs. He wa- booked the cowboy legs. Always the cowboy legs. He never called me by my name. I don't even think he probably knew my name. It was just cowboy legs. Get the cowboy legs in the show. And it was very, very funny. I had probably in my career, you know, over spans over decades and great adventures, great experiences. Uh, had the honor to, to actually, as you mentioned, probably the highlight of my career was at almost at the the later stage of my career where I did close the you know the final couture show for mm. for Jean Paul Gaultier wow. uh, in Paris, and it was uh, epic in every way. And mm. uh, what a privilege! Wow, you could write a book. I don't know if you are, but you could. That chapter alone would be fascinating to read. After a lengthy illness that your mother sadly underwent, and I'm so sorry about your mom, you really stayed by her side throughout all of it. And you stepped back from runway modeling and you pivoted in a major way into charities and giving back. Can you tell us what happened at that time? Yeah, I mean, I was noticing a little change in her physicality and also her spirit. And, you know, after the diagnosis, it was pretty much a no brainer for me to move back home. And then we went through the process of it all and she went very fast. Mm-hmm. And it, again, in my grief, you know, as you do, you, you kind of depression sets in or just a, a standstill of, of your life and a pause. And I grew this beard and just out of, I had no idea that I could grow this beard and I have no family members that have beards. I have, <laughs> so I like to think it came from a sad place, but it also, every single moment that I am Fashion Santa, it's a tribute to her legacy. So it's almost like a partnership as we're going forward. So it's right. kind of it's kind of lovely in a sense. It's also, in a way, a way of keeping her with you, right? So I read that you actually grew your white beard for your mom. So having that is almost a connection, right? Yeah, it's a terrific connection. I mean, she didn't get to see the the success of Fashion Santa, but she lives through it every single moment of it. So, yeah. you know, if it wasn't, you know, she was a star in my life and I celebrate her every single day. So, wow, that's so beautiful. Um, and I'm so yeah, sorry about a, your mom. A, oh, yeah. But what, what a beautiful tribute to her you. that, you know, allows her to continue on. It's really amazing. I was captivated as I read that you took 88 hours worth of selfies. Like I know how hard it is to take two or three selfies in preparing for a show, but 88 <laughs> hours of selfies, that is pretty intense. Um, it was you- 11, it was 11 days and eight hours a day. So it was a wow. lot of, it was a lot of work. I have to say that in the energy that came from that was incredible. I also, because it was my character and my idea, I would have done 188 hours of selfies with everyone. I mean, and don't forget, I mean, while I was doing those selfies, I was also, it was almost like a testing for the brand or testing for the character to ask questions and see what kind of reaction I was getting. So I was doing my, you know, I was, I wasn't missing a beat with it. And Yes. You know, I was pretty much doing a little bit of research on the character. Yes. And you, you did these selfies with numerous celebrities, including Justin Bieber. What was that like taking a selfie with Justin Bieber? That's pretty cool. That was a, such a good experience for me. I mean, there was a moment, I think, in his career, there was a, a little bit of a maybe dark press or just bad press. And I I know that he was coming home for the holidays to see his family And it was very, very on the fly and it was very underground. And I had at that moment I had had gone viral. So I had a a lineup of people outside the door and the marketing director came to me and said, Justin Bieber's in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And he wants to he wants to see you. Wow. and, and then there's me that say, well, I have all these people. I can't leave this lineup. There's so many people waiting for me. And you, it's Justin Bieber. You know, you yes. like he wants to take a photo with you. And I thought, well, this is a perfect opportunity. And, you know, it was so we went down security and they, there he was waiting in sort of like a loading dock of the shopping center. That's very cool. That's very good. And I have to say he was very, very gracious very, very warm and uh, couldn't have been a better experience, to be honest with you. And what's so wonderful about this story and all the stories is not only that it was a trip and an adrenaline rush to take selfies with people like Justin Bieber, but to know that 
with each one of these, you were helping Sick Kids Hospital. And it's just, it's just such a wonderful thing. Was there a moment that stands out for you in addition to Bieber? That is a moment you'll never forget. Just a regular moment of doing this, like literally for 80 hours. Like, that's well, it's crazy. When I did launch the idea or we won't launch the idea, I, I watched it. And, you know, I didn't even know what viral was. I mean, I, I was just like, I'm such an, an old guy that I didn't understand the concept of viral. So yes. when, it, when the local news took it and ran with it, then the national news took it. And then all of a sudden I was seeing all these news media papers and, and the like from different countries promoting this story. So it was making the rounds of globally around the world. And it was just incredible to watch to the point where it was, I have to say, and I don't think anyone's recorded this, but I had it tracked. I hired a company to do all the logistics of of the numbers. (laughs) And in that we came to about two to 3 billion impressions that season. I'm talking billion. And that's just every news outlet, every magazine, every media outlet reporting on this story. And it was just incredible. And, you know, Good Morning America did a little piece on it. And it was when they were talking about it. And you just mentioned, as you did, thank you about the initiative with Sick Kids. I mean, that's the reason that it got so much airplay is that, again, it was for a good cause and a charity. And so... Yeah, that, I think in the whole viral sensation was, it blew my mind, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was just like something so that I never expected. So fun. Oh, incredible. You, incredible. Also, you also must be a master of taking selfies with celebrities. What are some tips on how to take the perfect selfie? Well, it's just angles. And I'll, I, thank goodness I have a long enough arm that I, I usually, you know, when they start, I just, you know, I'm very, very cautious because some of the people have their own ways and you don't want to like infringe on, on their ways. I wouldn't do that. But you know, when someone's failing and you just take charge as Justin Bieber did, because this is a funny thing I didn't mention was that I was holding it completely wrong and he had done so many more selfies than I had. So he's like, can I have the phone? And he actually took the photos. That's so hilarious. Like, That's yeah. Hilarious. It was just, it, very, I've learned a lot now, so I'm, I'm pretty good at it. That's so awesome. I wanted to just continue with this charity thing, because I know you have a real soft spot for the charity Save a Child's Heart, which I know very well, and it's a beautiful one. Can you tell us about your work with them? Well, again, everything happens for a reason. It's sort of serendipitous because as a child, my beard is and my fashion style carriage is a tribute to my mother and, and her cancer death, and, and as we just spoke of. But as a child, I also had... Personally, I had open heart surgery at four years old Wow! and roughly uh, around the same procedure as these children are having these uh, children around the globe. Mm -hmm. So when I got the, I was privileged to have the invitation from the Israeli board of um, culture, uh, the ministry of culture invited me to tour Israel. And that Mm -hmm. was one of the stops um, on our tour. And I wasn't even aware of the great work that save a child's heart is doing was flabbergasted, just kind of so shocked that Mm. I too, and I was celebrating my 50th anniversary of my surgery that year. So it was so such a a unique experience. And I said to myself, I said, when I have time off season, I have to volunteer here because I have the same scars. I've had, my parents have had the same issues that these parents are going through. I equally, my surgery was done at four years old. I remember every minute of it. So it doesn't leave these children. And I just thought if I could give back in some way, in some support way, it would really make me happy. So I had the opportunity this year on Valentine's Day. I flew to Israel and I uh, volunteered for two months. So Wow. So you got to actually be Fashion Santa for the kids? No, I, I was Paul Mason. I was, wow. I was, I, because it, the concept, children, I have to say, children are the most brutal audience <laughs> that you could ever be in front of. They're not buying the skinny Santa. They want to know why you're thin. <laughs> they want to know why all this, like it's not making yes. sense to them. Yes. And, you know, man, they're brutal. So, um, no, I went in as Paul Mason. I just acted as a liaison between the hospital where the procedures were done with the mothers and the fathers and the mm-hmm. patients, the kids, mm-hmm. the support staff, all the nurses that come from other countries in Africa. Yes. Uh, I was able to facilitate, like, just give, I guess, hope and a little bit of comfort and a little bit 
of goofiness like I do. And then um, I was able to go to the recovery center where they're recovering for like a month. Yes. And that's where a lot of stuff takes place where the recovery and, you know, there's games and there's just, honestly, it, it was probably the most profound thing that's happened to me in my lifetime. And it changed me a lot and for the better. How can people get involved in Save a Child's Heart? You can go on, on saveachildsheart.net or saveachildsheart.com. There also is a facility, uh, an office in Canada, savechildsheart.ca. And uh, there's so many ways to donate. And uh, their donations that they get go to, uh, across the board from resources to research to facilitating these trips to mm-hmm. bringing over physicians from Africa to study the procedures to the support staff. It's just, it's, it, it's incredible. first of all, it's like a big family, but it, 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 they just need donations. That's so great. Good for you for all of this wonderful stuff. What has been one of the greatest moments so far in your role as Fashion Santa? Uh, greatest moment? There's been so many. There's been so many. I, I just, I, to pick one, I think what it was, to, was to have an idea, to have it embraced, to have it implemented and have it succeed. I think that was a big moment for me. And because where did I know that this would actually become a thing? Like I had no idea. So I think the success in it is truly the, probably the biggest moment that I've had. And I'm sure there's going to be more to come. It's so great. It, it kind of just inspires me to tell our audience that, you know, you never know where the idea is going to lead, right? You didn't know when you started this fashion Santa, they had had a similar thing in Australia back in 2013. Nothing went as viral or as huge or as gargantuan as this went. So it's almost like if you have an idea and you're true to it, you know, and any tips for people who have a dream that you can well, share? I, one, yes. One tip is uh, if you have an idea, protect it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure you've trademarked it. Make sure you get on that and protect yourself with these ideas yes. because uh, the world is, you know, not so fair mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think that was that would be my number one, number one piece of advice. Have the dream, but be realistic about it and protect it and keep it close. I, yes. I think that makes a lot of sense. There's a question that we ask all of our guests at the end of the show. And that is the one that I'm about to ask you, which is what is bliss for Paul Mason? Well, I'm in bliss at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm really, really honored to be like asked to do your podcast and, and be on your show. I, I think it's just that what I'm, I'm living the life that I really, really want. And I think that's bliss for me. That's so fantastic. What is the best way for people to contact you, Paul, and connect with you on social media? My biggest uh, social media outlet is probably Instagram. And then I have a, my email is connected to Instagram and I have a, a landing page, fashioncenter.com and fashioncenter.ca. That's awesome. That's so great. I want to thank you so much, Paul, for being <laughs> on this show today and for helping us celebrate Christmas in July. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank great you. to have you here. We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss. When we come back, we're going to meet with actress Mag Ruffman, who's coming to us on a live remote from Nova Scotia. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. Hi, everyone. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740. And we're now joined by actress Mag Ruffman, who is coming to us on a live remote from Nova Scotia. Wow! To talk about Christmas. And you should see her background, the trees. It just looks so beautiful. And we're talking about Christmas in July and how it really is so keenly felt 
out in the Atlantic provinces. And also as a special note, Mag has always been a big champion of Finding Your Bliss, has been our supervising producer from the beginning. And when I talked about doing this show Christmas in July, Mag mentioned that Christmas in July is really felt in Nova Scotia. And so I have to say thank you for being here. And before we talk to Mag, I want to just tell you a little bit about this incredible talent. And she is an unbelievably talented actor and fabulous person, Mag Ruffman. So Mag Ruffman is a television producer, writer, actress, and a building contractor. She spent seven years in a corset as Olivia Dale on CBC Disney's beloved Road to Avonlea and five seasons in a tool belt as a host, creator, and producer of the Fix-It classic, A Repair to Remember. By the way, she still has fans, Road to Avonlea, all over the world that are just obsessed with her and the beautiful role that she played in that series for many, many years. That's the Kevin Sullivan CBC series. Mag is also the author of two books. She is currently building a house in Nova Scotia while living in a trailer from which she is reporting live today, right near the trailer. And it looks quite beautiful, my goodness. Mag, great to have you here on the other side of the mic. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss and great to see you. Thanks, Judy. It's great to see you too. It is actually really ramping up for Christmas in July here. And I think the reason it's so big on the East Coast is because it started in North Carolina in 1933 when a very spirited camp counselor named Fanny Holt decided (laughs) that the kids were all a little homesick. So she thought, let's do Christmas in July and we'll have a Santa. We'll do Secret Santa. So everybody drew a name and they had to go to the arts and crafts barn and make a present you know they're all god awful we did this at camp too like I did this 40 50 years ago I had I don't know how old am I now um when I was a camp counselor we knew about Christmas in July but it's huge in eastern Canada so all of the home hardwares have all the bulbs the Christmas lights all the decorations and at our campground there is a very important competition where all the seasonals, that's the short form for people that stay there all summer. I'm one of them. We we decorate our trailers with lights. Last year, the person who won had this massive palm tree display with neon lights. And another woman does this gorgeous job with all blue lights and real Christmas trees. And it's crazy. People love it. And it, 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 it just kind of breaks up the summer. There's a Santa wandering around in shorts. You know, it it just (laughs) has that feeling of, yeah, in shorts, because, you know, Santa. Um, And and songs. songs. Yeah. So, you know, it's just really a very spirited thing. And it's a lot of fun. And um, I just can't wait for it each year. That's so fabulous. What does Christmas in July mean to you? Like off the top of the show, we talked about it's just elongating the best holiday of all and not confining it just to Christmas, you know, just to December, but having it all year joy and giving. And yes, you'd go crazy, Judy, because it's your favorite holiday. And um, (laughs) it's like super decorating, super spirited. Everybody sings Christmas carols. You'd love it. Absolutely love it. You need to plan to spend the summer in Prince Edward Island or Nova Scotia, so you can get in on this. I love it's your that. favorite time of the year. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's so great. How are you enjoying living in this part of Canada these days? Well, you know, it's the most beautiful part of Canada for me right now because the people are so lovely and kind. If you even think about crossing the road, all the cars stop in both directions. Like you haven't even stepped, you haven't even turned your body. They just are psychically tuned to pedestrians. And so if you think you're going to cross the street, you as soon as you turn, all the cars have stopped. It's so kind. You know, I, I mean, that. there's I always going to be darker parts of the culture, but it is just a lovely place with beautiful people and the views are drop dead gorgeous. So, no, oh, it's, it's just gorgeous. I can see it. I'm seeing it now. We have to definitely show this this video on our, our social media and on Patreon because, wow, is it beautiful. Can you tell us briefly about your upcoming film? And I understand that Jennifer Dale is in this film as well. You just wrapped on it. It sounds like it was a really cool project. Well, I only had one day, Judy. So I, I, I started work and finished work in the same day. But um, it was a lovely film. It's called The Ugly Chickens. And it's about a dodo never really became extinct. It takes place in the southern United States. So I had to have a, a southern accent. 
And I worked with Felicia Day, who is just glorious to work with. She's Uh. so thoughtful. I just like my my eyes just were hanging on her face. She was so lovely. And then we got stuck in the elevator when they called lunch because the crew turned off all the lights and electrical and we were stuck in the elevator. No way. Are you claustrophobic? I'm not claustrophobic, so it was fine. Um, and <laughs> I can hear the fan in the elevator shaft. It's not like we were going to suffocate, but it was a little unnerving. <laughs> oh, the but anyway, <gasps> that happened, whatever. But it was such a fun shoot. And the director was gorgeous. So we had fun. It was lots, lots of fun. It was so Will you tell us work. closer? Yes, yes, yes. It's so great because I want you to come back or we're definitely going to mention it in Bliss News and get everyone to come out and see that yeah. film because it does sound really cool. And I, I'm so excited to share with our listeners. So I know you've been asked this question before on this show, but I have to ask it again. What is Bliss these days for Mag Ruffman? Well, I'm framing a friend's basement right now. So Bliss is cutting a two by four to 89 and seven sixteenths <laughs> and getting it right the first time. So thank you for asking. Wow, you're the best, Meg. We love you. I have to say thank you for joining us today and making our day a little bit brighter. The Christmas lights and Meg have done that and sending love to you from all of us. And thank you so much for being here. Merry Christmas in July. Bye. Merry Christmas in July. Thank you. We're going to go on a short commercial break, more with Finding Your Bliss and singer-songwriter Megan Smith when we come back, back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're now joined by the talented musician, Megan Smith, who hails all the way from Halifax, Nova Scotia. And before we meet her, I want to tell you a little more about her. Megan Smith is a singer-songwriter. She has written hundreds of songs, many of which have appeared on her albums. The Crickets Orchestra, 2009, released by WBN. And It Snowed, 2011. WBM as well, and Have a Heart 2014, same label, WBM. Megan has won several awards, including a Juno Award for Best New Artist. Wow, congratulations on that. And some ECMAs for Best Pop Recording. Her album, The Crickets Orchestra, was nominated for the prestigious Polaris Prize, and one of her songs, Mirror, was a semifinalist in the International Songwriting Competition. Megan is married to and head over heels in love with her producer and bandmate, Jason Mingo. And she likes to refer to him as her husband. husband. Very cute. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. They write, produce and record in their home studio in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Megan also writes songs. Get this, everyone. A lot of talent here on the guitar, ukulele and piano. And she has her songs featured on major network TV shows like Grey's Anatomy, Brothers and Sisters, One Tree Hill, The Astronaut Wives Club, Jimmy Fallon. Wow, that credit really excited me. Emily in Paris, Queer Eye, as well as many others. Her songs have also been featured in commercials for the LCBO, Facebook, and Ralph Lauren. Megan has also toured North America and parts of the UK, sharing the stage with legends such as Sarah McLaughlin, Katie Lang, Ron Sexsmith, Jules Holland, Tracy Chapman, and Chantal Krebiasek. Megan Smith, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much for having me, Judy. I'm happy to be here. So great to have you here. I have to tell you, our whole show today is Christmas in July. 
And I really have always wanted to do this show because Christmas is something that shouldn't be just confined to December. It's that kind of holiday that we should be experiencing all year round. And you've become very acclaimed, Megan, for your Christmas concerts, Mm -hmm. which feature interpretations of traditional carols, as well as your own popular Christmas composition, It Snowed. And I also noticed that you have, in addition to all of your regular albums, several Christmas albums. And I love that you really get the Christmas spirit. (laughs) I'm wondering what inspired you to create Christmas music and what do you love about it? Christmas is my favorite time of year. I love all the times of year, but there's, when I was growing up, it was the one time of the year that there was always like tons of snacks and we could get together with friends and stay up late and go to parties. It was just like such a celebration. And the music had a huge part of that, the music of the season. Every time I hear specific songs, it takes me right back to those times and places. And so, you know, it's really just something that I really love and love sharing with others. So, and the fact that like, I have a song that I wrote that's become other people's traditions. It's like a real meta thing where it's like, oh, I made this because I love traditions. And now I'm part of other people's traditions. It's really, really cool. So great. When you love something and you're good at it, chances are other people, you know, when you have that passion behind it, and of course, married with your talent, it's, it usually were, is a very, very good thing. <laughs> I know that Christmas in July is a very big thing out East. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us more about your take on Christmas in the summer and what that looks like from out East and for all Canadians? Well, you know, we live in a country where there's seasons, like real clear seasons. Sometimes they like blend in with each other. But I think there's a lot of people in my area of the world anyway, who still maybe have some Christmas decorations up. And, you know, when I walk by those (laughs) Christmas lights and they're just shining loud and proud in like, you know, July, August, September. I, I am down for that. There is nothing wrong with being joyful and cheery and spreading the light and the, you know, the love that we feel and that we hopefully can feel in the generosity of Christmas time. So I'm, I'm down for it all year. It's so great. I, I, I love that. And I loved reading about the musical family that you come from, Megan. You were born in London, Ontario. You're one of four sisters born to musician parents. You taught yourself very early how to play piano and guitar mm-hmm. at a very early age. Can you tell us what it was like growing up in your family? That must have been a blast. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, my <laughs> my mom is a piano teacher. She was, she's retired now, but she taught theory. And my dad was a school teacher, but loved music and played bass and played in bands. And so there was always music in our house, like at all times, sometimes multiple radios going in various parts of the house. There's always somebody playing an instrument or singing or something going on. And so it was just like a very busy, eclectic, kind of loud environment. And I'm so happy for that. I'm so grateful for that because I got exposed to a lot of fantastic artists, like classics, you know, that are part of me now. I feel like, you know, Stevie Wonder or like, like the Eagles, like those classics that I'm just naming those off the top of my head. There's so many. The Beatles, you know, like I got a real early exposure to those. And I discovered pretty early on though, that I cannot read music. So although my mom was a theory and music teacher and tried her best to teach me. Um, Unbeknownst to the both of us, I have dyslexia and some other learning differences. And so it's really hard for me. It's, It's impossible for me to see the notes on a staff of music. So I had to learn to play by ear and teach myself. So at a very young age, I started figuring out how to notice how other people learned, notice that I don't mm-hmm. learn that way, and then how to teach myself to learn. So yeah. How great though, because you're feeling it yeah. and you're listening to it and you're playing yeah. it. And that's the best way to and learn, right? Because you're matters. not stuck to a, yeah. to, to sheet music. And then what happens when you lose the sheet that's music right. and suddenly you're lost? You just know what to do because it, it becomes organic. You attended Sheridan College, which I know very well. My daughter studied musical theater oh, there. And I, I believe you graduated from the animation I program. Did. Wow. What was that choice all about? And can you tell us more about your time at Sheridan? Yeah, it was it was a really cool school to go to. But I have always been a very shy introvert. So even though I loved music and singing, I also have this other half of me that is artistic and I draw and paint. Yes. And so when it came time to like choose a career, the idea of getting on a stage, you know, just terrified me. So I thought, well, I'll just I'll draw and 
animation's cool because you are still kind of performing, but you're hiding behind your drawings in your performances. Yes. But the thing is, a big part of animation is recording sound. So I got into sound recording in the animation department, essentially. And nice. I had friends who knew that I liked to sing and they would encourage me to sing in the stairwells of our, of our <laughs> like dorm or whatever, because there's such a good yes. uh, reverb in there. And then yes. <laughs> um, the sound folks who worked in the sound studios were like, we'll record some stuff for you. And that's how it all started for me. It was just like, it, I was a very late bloomer, you know, I'm in college. And that's when I started kind of like writing and recording songs to share with people. Fabulous. Fabulous. It was terrifying. <laughs> what? Uh, I, it's so great. Good for you for doing that. And and you did during college, you began playing these stages yeah. And then you moved to the East Coast and started to take music even more seriously. Mm -hmm. And the folk rock recording Lost with Directions, which was released in 2004. One year later, you married your accompanist, a husband, Jason Mingo, a Nova Scotia-based songwriter, musician, and producer. And you both toured extensively in support of your career, which I think you did until you had small children. Because it's not as easy to tour with small kids, as I know. I understand that. Uh, So you pivoted Uh and started to do other things like publishing songs on television. Brilliant. And I love that you sold some of your music to Grace Anatomy. How cool is that amongst other gigs? What was that like? And how did that happen? Oh my goodness, Judy, that's another podcast. I'll give you the Coles Notes version (laughs) though. Um, Yeah. So Jason, my husband and I had a great time touring. And then I I actually started to feel really sick on the release of uh, Have a Heart. We were doing a promo tour and I couldn't stop being sick one night. So I went to the hospital Mm. and we discovered that I was was expecting and we were not expecting to be expecting. So it was a... It was a... It was a pretty crazy surprise. And so we we really had to refigure out our life. I was very sick during my pregnancy. I don't know if you have heard of hyperemesis gravatium, but I had a, mm. a hyperemesis pregnancy where it's it's constant oh vomiting and nausea for nine months. Oh, so, for you, my goodness. Yeah. So I quickly realized that touring was going to be really difficult. And uh, my labor and delivery was just as difficult. And I had an eight-month recovery from that. So the universe was just like, oh, figure something else out. You cannot tour anymore. Do something else. So yes. I decided to just like stop fighting it. And um, mm-hmm. there was a moment where Jason and I were like, okay, how are we going to do our lives now? Like, do we, do we quit music? What do we do? Because it had all everything sort of turned on its head. And Mm -hmm. I had this crazy idea to instead of write songs about myself for myself, I would write songs for other people. So that was the birth of my company called Our Song. And I have been writing songs, custom commissioned songs for other people now for six years. My youngest is turning seven. So six and a half years. And that has been the most exciting, most rewarding, most fulfilling thing that we've done. So I write for myself, I write for publishers, and I write for other people as well. So you wrote for Grey's Anatomy? Like you actually wrote a bespoke thing for them? No, like how did that That all was evolve? one of my own songs. So publishing yeah. is like a really great income stream for artists if Netflix and, and these different like streaming content providers would would pay us like what we feel is fair but it's it's getting there so we're working on it but a lot of times my songs i wrote gray's the song that got in gray's anatomy is called five more minutes it's on the cricket's orchestra album and i wrote that one for myself so that was before i started doing the custom songwriting and you know publishers people who work in film and tv are constantly looking for new artists and and music that works with their shows yeah. and and somebody discovered my song that way and it ended up in the, in this crazy scene so i wrote the song about like having to go to bed early as a kid it's very literal it's five more minutes i'm not tired in the least five more minutes please right <laughs> we've all heard that yeah <laughs> that's right um but they put it over top of this beautiful scene of this man who's dying he's passing away he doesn't want to leave his family and then everybody was like that song is so deep megan and i was like i know right <laughs> no, it wasn't meant it wasn't. to be so it deep but just... it's but that you know what that's like i always think about denise levertoff the poet writing two girls discovered a secret in a line of poetry i'd written that i never intended right. to put there yeah. but how great you and know, that's the beauty that, that of music we can find we all find hidden gems all over music and art yes. yeah 
Absolutely. Oh, that's so incredible. Well, so you've published, you have songs in multiple Netflix shows, Emily in Paris and commercial Samsung, as well as other film and TV projects for Jimmy Fallon, 100 Days of Summer. So that's really, really cool. And I wanted to say about the Bespoke thing that you write songs for people. That's so cool. And you can find out all of this on Megan's website, which we'll talk to you about at the end of the show. But I actually just wanted to read one of the letters of someone that wrote to you about their reaction to the Bespoke song, the song that you wrote for them. And here it is. And by the way, uh, Megan's website is megansmith.com. And I'll spell that for you. It's M-E-A-G-H-A-N Smith, S-M-I-T-H.com. And here's a letter from a very happy person that was elated after receiving the song that you wrote for them. Megan, I have no words. Jordan gave me his anniversary gift yesterday. I cried so hard we had to go home (laughs) so I could get ready again for our night out. Megan, you captured everything he wanted and everything I could have ever dreamed of. It's our story. It's our life and our love. And I have a song that's just for me. Every girl in the world deserves a song just for them. Your beautiful voice with just your guitar. It was everything. I love you. And it goes on. But anyway, that's the kind of reaction. So very, very fabulous. Mm -hmm. I also want to say through all of this writing and publishing for other people, you were also primarily a singer songwriter Mm -hmm. and an artist. And I mentioned this off the top. In fact, at the 2011 Junos, you won in the best new artist category. That must've been such a trip. Can you tell it? Take us back to that night. (laughs) I was so shocked. I mean, you know, I I was thinking maybe I shouldn't go to the Junos that night because uh, I just was like, there's no way that I'm going to win this crazy award. Stuff like that doesn't happen. But then, you know, I was like, well, I want to see the other bands. There's a lot of great bands playing and like Drake was hosting. So dreamy. So Jason, (gasps) my husband and I were both like, let's just go. It'll be fun. So we went and I was actually when they announced my category, I had taken my shoes off because they were, I was wearing this like beautiful, like twenties inspired (laughs) slinky little gown. But then I had these like really stupid heels on that I shouldn't have worn. But anyway, I had taken them off and they said my name and I was sitting next to my friend, Rich Turfry. And he was like, dude, that's you. You got to put your shoes on and get up there. So I, I'm like, I'm like shocked trying to put my shoes on being like, Oh my gosh. Okay. How do I get up to the stage? So I went up to the stage and Buffy St. Marie presented my award and she is just like, she's a dream come true. Just touching the same thing that she touched, which was like the award she gave me. It was so cool. Yeah. It was really, really crazy and amazing. I'm so thankful for that whole experience. It was, it feels like a dream. It was so cool. Oh, that sounds so fabulous. I love that. You've released a number of albums, Megan, but the one that we're really interested in today is It Snowed because it works so well with our Christmas and July theme, but I also just love the song. Yeah. I'm going to listen to it all the time. Sure. I'm adding it to my playlist. It. What What is the inspiration behind It Snowed? Can you set this up for us? Yeah, It Snowed happened when I was actually asked by CBC and some friends to write an original Christmas song. And Uh, I love Christmas music, but not everybody celebrates Christmas, you know, like, and sometimes, I don't know, sometimes the word Christmas, there's a lot of like S sounds. And I just, I wanted a holiday song. I didn't want a Christmas song. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write a holiday song. So I went into myself and kind of considered, like thought about what my favorite moments are over the holidays. And I got to say, I love it when it snows so much that everything is canceled. That's just such a treat. It's just like you wake up and you're like, oh, everything's canceled for sure today. Look at all that snow. I can't even open my front door. So that was the inspiration behind it snowed. And then when it came to the, like the production and stuff, I really wanted it to sound like to just have that warm, cozy, go outside, but then come inside and get cozy again, feel and sound and something that you, I didn't want like Christmas jingly bells and stuff. Like I wanted it to be something that could be played even after the holidays or whenever. So, you know, I'm really, really stoked that you like this song for the summer as well. I love it. I so love it. I just, I was like instantly, because it's all great. But that song just said, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Let's all have a listen to It Snowed by Megan Smith. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. 
Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. <laughs> oh, I love that song. Wow. That is just the uh, best feel good song. You know what I love? It just makes you happy. You know what I just loved so much, Judy, is seeing your, the giant smile on your face the whole time that song was playing. What a treat for me to see you. So happy. Uh, I'm glad you uh, enjoyed well, it. I, I, that's how it makes people feel. I guess it's true. You don't usually see people's reactions because they're just <laughs> hearing it. But that's, I think, that's what it is. And you have a beautiful voice oh, and it's just, oh, it's just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I read recently that you've begun illustrating a children's book. It snowed based on this beautiful song. Yeah. Can you tell us briefly about that? Well, I decided that I would take my illustrating skills and apply them to one of my own songs. So I'm currently in the process of... Of, of doing that. It's taking forever. <laughs> it's definitely a labor of love, but I'm really excited to say that it'll be ready for next Christmas. Not this Christmas. <sighs> next year though, Judy. Next year. I'll come back so and I'll tell you all about will it. Will you come back yes. and we'll talk about the book and we'll talk about it being the perfect stocking stuffer uh, for next year. Maybe we'll even do a giveaway to a lucky oh, listener, but that, that would be great. Yeah. So let's do that. I'd love that. We're so running out of time, but I just want to quickly whiz through the fact that not only are you this talented singer, songwriter, musician, person, but you're also a visual artist. You're mm -hmm. a painter. You do miniature oil paintings. You sell them online at holiday shows in an art gallery. So again, everyone check out Megan's website, which we'll give to you again at the end of the show for that information. And you also own a stationary business and you love helping people stay connected and try to create opportunities to help them do that authentically. Yeah. And I love that. I'm going to actually order some stationery from you. Aww. I'm going to talk to you about this again because I'm a real letter writer. Are you? Me too. And, yes. Me too, girl. There's something about the physicality yeah. of hand to heart yes. when it comes to writing that a typewriter and a computer don't have. It's not the same. Have, I agree. Right? It's not the same. Shakespeare, mm -hmm. he wrote, you know, all of his plays, mm. hand to heart, We're right? We're basically With Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. So I love that about you as well. And very briefly, you've got a holiday concert coming this year, your one and only show of 2023. Mm -hmm. It will be announced in September and that's when tickets will go on that's sale. Right. It's in support of Feed Nova Scotia. How wonderful. And it just sounds great. So can you give us a little hint about that? And then maybe we'll mention it later on closer to the date in our business. Oh, that would segment. be so great. Yeah. So I still love performing and I miss, I miss the audiences, but I cannot tour with my kids. It just, I need to go to bed at night. So I am committing yes. to stay up late in December and put on a holiday show for everybody who wants to come. It's going to be fantastic. Awesome. I have reached out to Santa and asked if he would be able to join. Um, he said he'll make a, he'll stop by and hand out some presents. <laughs> we're going to, I have some nice. guests coming. Um, we're going to be, just there's be there's gonna be some like old timey singing along so it's just gonna be mm. the most festive that i can possibly imagine and I, i'm so excited to oh. share that with people oh i can't wait well that sounds fantastic and i'm just gonna ask you what would you say inspires you the most to create all of this beautiful music and art that you do where does it come from I want to help the world be happy and beautiful and I want to help people feel wonderful things. So I make things that I wish were real when I imagine them in my head. I wish, you know, I wished there was a holiday song that gave me that feeling. I wish there was, there were cards and art that created these feelings and connections for people. So I just try and make those real. Love that. What is bliss for Megan Smith? Creativity and sharing it. Being creative and sharing it. That's bliss for me. Guess what bliss is for us? What? Same thing. Enjoying your oh. art and enjoying your music. <laughs> yeah. As you saw, you saw it. I did see it. You were totally blissed out. I loved that. <laughs> I was. I really Love was. That, Judy. I really was. <gasps> Megan, what is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media and hear all your beautiful music and connect with you? Yeah, people can find me on Instagram and Facebook and also TikTok at Megan Smith Music for a lot of those. I'm also on YouTube, Megan Smith or Megan Smith Music. And just think of all the letters you could possibly squish into my name and they're in there. So it's M-E-A-G-H-A-N. 
So, <laughs> so come find me. And also like, you know, I have email uh, um, linked to my website. So people can message me from those too, if they have questions or requests or whatever. I'd love to hear from people. I love connecting. And the website is megansmith.com. Right. Yep. Yes. Wonderful. That's so great. I want to thank you so much. It's really been delightful having you here today. Honestly, I've, I've loved every minute. Judy, of it. I feel the same. I think you're fantastic. And I, I'm excited to, uh, <laughs> to connect with you more and, and your beautiful listeners. Thank you so much. Thank Megan. you. Thank you. Each week we spotlight a fabulous person like Megan Smith who is living their bliss. So if you're an author, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who is found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. As you know, we also love to feature singer, songwriters, and musicians on this show. So if you're a singer, please reach out to us. Also, what did you love about today's show? Are there any guests or topics you'd like us to feature on Finding Your Bliss? Just write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way achieve your bliss, please let me know. You can reach out and contact me at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. And of course, you can also find us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. In Bliss News, make sure to check out Megan's website. It's available at megansmith.com. And let me spell that for you. It's M-E-A-G-H-A-N smith.com. And on there, in addition to all of her music, you can also order stationery, prints, and art. And her greeting cards are absolutely fabulous. And of course, in the spirit of Christmas in July, giving and giving back, definitely check out Save a Child's Heart by going to www.saveachildsheart.ca and just click on donate or you can go to instagram to at save a child's heart or at save a child's heart canada for more information save a child's heart provides life-saving cardiac care to children all over the world over 6600 children from 69 countries have been saved because of this wonderful organization if you're looking for a charity to donate to this is a great place to start I would like to thank our wonderful guests, Paul Mason, Mag Ruffman, and Megan Smith for being on the show today. And also a big thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kiley, producer Olivia Weatherall, audio engineer Juliana Yanitiello, senior editor Lauren Kaminsky, video editor Sierra Brown-Rodriguez, audio producer Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrach reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.